WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song. Listen up, slap nuts. This is Jeff Jarrett. Hey, this is Trish Stratus. This is the undisputed future of WWE. Seth Rollins. Hey, this is Kane from WWE. This is TNA Superstar EC3. Hey, this is Gail Kim. This is WWE Superstar Natalia. Hi, this is Bree. And this is Nikki. And we're the Battle Twins. This is Pat Patterson. The greatest man that ever lived always likes a good rack. And you're listening to the greatest rack. Stratisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. I heard y'all wanted to hear a bedtime story. Bottle boom! Realest guys in a room. How you know? I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes with your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all have become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. You can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and chewed tobacco. I like puppets. And her producer, Sir Rocket. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. This right here means I'm the champ that runs the camp. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. I knew you dumb. Right here on wildtalkradio.com, brought to you by our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. And a huge shout out to everybody listening to us over at wildtalkradio.com, gerwick.net, and rackradioshow.com. Thank you so much for joining us this evening because we have a super stacked show. I'm your host, Lindsay Ward. Joining me, as always, is for my ever faithful producer slash co host slash handyman, Sir Rockin'. We did not ascend from the, the, the top of a stadium, taped or live. We don't not, have drones. We don't have drones. We did not teleport. But we are live right here at WildTalkRadio.com, BackRadioShow.com. Available on TuneIn Radio. Just search Wild Talk Radio Network. You can interact with us live at WildTalkRadio.com, BackRadioShow.com, or Garwick.net. Or via the Twitter, at Lynn's Award, at WildTalkRadio, or at Rack Radio Show throughout the evening. We have a lot to get into tonight. And as, tra- and as tradition, when it's this, you know, Thursday after the Super Bowl, we play some of the music from the halftime show. God, wasn't it so good? It was a great halftime show. Even though the Falcons completely, like, waffled the Super Bowl and lost in spectacular fashion. In historical fashion. In historical fashion, because when we screw up, we screw up. Right, damn it. 
I thought the halftime show was really good. I thought she was very entertaining. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked how athletic it was, that she was doing a lot of dancing, she was doing a lot of moving. And I know in the past when Beyonce's been there, she's been doing, you know, she's been just like kicking butt and owning it. But I thought Go- Gaga would do really, really well. Like, everybody was complaining about her beforehand, and it's like, dude, just give her a chance. See, it's 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 not old-time rock and roll. It's not a little slow show. It was a fast-moving show, and it was entertaining as all hell. I thought she was way better than Katy Perry. And I enjoyed Katy Perry. I enjoyed Katy Perry, but the problem was you couldn't hear Katy Perry because of the sound system. Yeah, that's true. You had a hard time hearing her because of where they were. Because this is a newer stadium, I think it's just got the better sound system overall. So Gaga was really clear. You could hear her. You know, I just, I thought it was really well. I have to admire the fact that she jumped off the top of the stadium. Well, she didn't actually jump off of it. No, she did. No. She jumped. She just did it the night before. She did it the night before, yeah. But her whole, her whole entire thing was awesome. Yeah. Because, I mean, she, it's like she was running around. She's climbing on stuff. She, I mean, even still to be come down off, you know, basically to allude to the jump and be lower down from the top of the stadium. Dude, that's that's pretty ballsy. It is pretty ballsy. She she tore the house down and we thought, oh, it's going to be a win for the Falcons. Yeah. They were up, what, 21-3 at the halftime? You know, it's like I was at a party and I was like, oh, you know, they're up three touchdowns, which for me, that's my comfort zone clearly for Atlanta. That's their comfort zone too. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to head home because I have to go to work tomorrow. So, and I'll catch the rest of the game when I get home. I set it to DVR, all that stuff. But it's like, it's going to be another blowout like it is every year. And then it's like steadily, it's like the Patriots. I don't know what happened in that locker room. I don't know who, like what God Bill Belichick sacrificed something to, but man, Brady and them came back. Whose balls did he inflate? Right? Or deflate. Right? Although there is some interesting controversy about the Super Bowl, because supposedly, I think it's the final touchdown, or it's the two-point conversion, one of the two, that they're saying that the ball did not cross the plane. It did. It did. It was clearly across the plane. It was there. But they're saying, you know, there's people pointing up, oh, the ball's not across the plane. Yeah, because you probably snipped the screenshot, like, a couple seconds before. It's like, they lost that game. Here's the thing. Even if they didn't really lose the game, they still lost the game. Here's the thing. It only has to cross the white line. It doesn't have to go fully over the white line. It has to touch the white line. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all it has to do. And it was clearly over it. And you think about it, the game should never even gone into overtime, but they missed an extra point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. That's how crazy that whole thing was. Yeah, I mean, it's like, how do you miss in an enclosed stadium? That's like a gimme. Nothing is, a, nothing is a gimme in the NFL. Nothing. Nothing is a gimme in the NFL. Clearly not. Clearly not. It's not a thing. Totally not a thing. But anyway... Enough about the Super Bowl. The last time we're talking football until August or September, whatever you want. No, we'll be wanting in summer. Where's football? I miss football. This is true. Because, you know, it's going to be baseball and the Braves are going to suck. Philly the Phillips are going to suck. Yeah. So it's, even though we're going to have our brand new stadium, which nobody wants and nobody's going to go to, there was a sarcastic thumbs up there that nobody saw. The Braves are still going to suck. Right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. We are realistic about our sports teams here in Atlanta. We know. Because it's like that. And to go back to the Super Bowl for one second, it's the one thing that pissed me off about the Super Bowl was they're like doing the championship comparison between New England and Atlanta or Boston and Atlanta. It's like, do you have to? Do you have to? Just say we've won one World Series. That's it. You don't have to, you know, oh, the Hawks have never won anything. Oh, the Falcons have never won anything. The Braves did it one time. They're staying on the Super Bowl. There is a, a, a Super Bowl parade for the Patriots. There's this kid, right, who has gone to 10 championship parades, and he's only 15 years old. For the Celtics, for the, the Bruins, for the Red Sox, and the Patriots, he's been to them all. 
and he's only 15 years old. Here's the question. Was he conceived at one? No, because they weren't winning championships then. <laughs> 15 years ago, Boston was not winning championships. They were the city of losers like Chicago, and then Chicago won a thing this year. Well, it's like because Chicago won the World Series. They're like, oh, hey, the Falcons actually stand a shot. And to be fair, they had that game right up until the fourth quarter, and they just gave it away. They did. They really, really did. I mean, Ed, you know what? It's the defense got tired, and the defense just couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't hold them back, which happens almost every Falcons game. You watch Falcons play anytime the defense plays okay to generally good for three quarters. They get to the fourth quarter, and man, those guys are tired, and they just can't hold them back anymore. And they usually start to give the game away in the fourth quarter. It's sort of what they do. It's what they do. It's their thing. The fact that we made it that far is astounding. But anyway... Falcons lose. On to next year. Like we said, we have a super stack show, so we're just going to kind of jump into the news brought to our friends over at Gerwak.net, TNAsylum.net, the haven for TNA fans. And well, let's start off with the TNA news, because we have positive TNA news. And I'm very excited that we have positive TNA news. Okay, what are the, what's the TNA news? I was figuring you'd go to it. You just, you're, you're so underwhelmed. Anyway, <laughs> the <you're>... one... <laughs> The first exciting story in basically the 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 homecoming for TNA alumnus as Jeff Jarrett is taking the reins back over of Impact Wrestling and starting to instill his people into different positions. It w- it came out that Scott Demore is returning to TNA. Praise Jesus, praise, because Scott Demore is a genius. <laughs> The man behind Team Canada. Half of which are in NXT right now. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Roode and Eric Young are, are, are actually in, T- in NXT right now. Yeah, yeah, the thing. I was kind of actually hoping that Petey Williams would come out of retirement for um for the Cruiserweight Classic, but he didn't do it. No, no, he did not do it. No, he didn't. But anyway, Scott DeMore is back. Um, he'll be part of Creative. He'll be part of International, as it were. Mm-hmm. Help, help sparking some international deals, which he has done, as they have struck a deal with Pro Wrestling Noah. They'll be doing some sort of talent exchange. They're going to be doing something with Mexico, and there's one group in the UK they're going to be working with. So Scott DeMore is using his connections around the world to help bring talent into TNA and have talent from TNA work in different promotions. I believe Moose will be heading over to Pro Wrestling Noah at some point to work a few dates for them. Scott Demore is back. Jeff Jarrett is the going to be the executive producer. He's going to be the guy in charge. John Gamorak is still with the company. Different role. Probably just on creative in some fashion. But he's he's lost some power. It has become the Jeff Jarrett show once again. He has, he has his company back. And he doesn't have to worry about the bills because someone else is paying the bills for him. So that's at least one part of the thing he doesn't have to worry about. The team of Anthem will be in charge of that. They may not be opening the purse strings, but hey, he'll be able to bring in some of his guys, and he's going to still continue to run Global Force Wrestling for whatever that turns out to be, whether that's just an expansion of Impact Wrestling or whatever. Maybe like its own reality show or whatever, different type of series. Who knows? If it can eventually get a TV deal. I think that's the overall plan for Global Force is to eventually get it on TV. It could be... It could turn 
it into the farm brand for TNA. There's any number of things that he could do with it. Um, but I think obviously his focus is on TNA Impact Wrestling right now and getting that back on a solid ground. And one thing that you can tell that they're really focusing on is rebuilding the office from a wrestling standpoint. Because you're seeing, you, we've seen Dutch Mantel come back. We're seeing Scott Demore come back. You know, there are you know, there are people that are now, f- that have left either of their own volition or because they were told to leave after Jeff Jarrett lost power way back in the day. All these people, there was like this influx of people who just left Don, TNA. Don West is back. You mentioned Dutch Mantel. I think we mentioned on the show, but he is going to be the guy in charge of creative. Everything you're seeing on TV, they really didn't have a hand in coming up in the March tapings, it's the Jeff Jarrett show. That's when that starts. His, him and his crew officially take over. While they were lending hands for this one, so last set of t- tapings, the Jarrett crew takes over in March. Yeah, so it's like you're seeing these people come back. They're building the solid foundations in the office. You're you're seeing that there is a very clear divide between the financial corporate side of Impact Wrestling and the wrestling side of Impact Wrestling. I think Anthem, for the most part, is staying out of the booking of Impact. They're probably le- they have suggestions, they have comments, but for the most part, I think it's all falling to Jarrett. They brought in Jarrett. They brought in the people. That's that's one thing Anthem is known for is they'll delegate to the people they're supposed to delegate to. Yeah, which is it's essentially hitting the reset button and taking Impact kind of all the way back. To when it was, what, 2004, 2006, somewhere in that range? That's when all these people were kind of running things. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So we're, we're kind of hitting that impact, we're hitting that reset button, we're going back to really where impact was in t- about 2004, 2006, somewhere in there where they're trying to now rebuild it back into something. So it's a good thing to see that they're getting a solid grad in the office. Because a solid footing with the office means a stronger company overall, and a stronger company means a stronger product. And it's helping to, I think, instill a lot of faith back in TNA that was very clearly lost in Dixieland. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just leave it at that. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of people coming back, signing deals, and returning, Dana Warrior announced that she's now officially a brand ambassador for WWE. She inked her deal this past week, and she will be extending the positive foot forward for WWE in the future. So congratulations to her. Keeps the warrior alive. Go Dana, go. The Rock and WWE announced that they are going to be co-producing a movie based on Paige's family. So far, the project has Lena Headey attached to it, a.k.a. Queen Cersei, and David Frost. Yes. Dude from Sean from the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE Studios and, and um, Seven Bucks Entertainment will be the ones putting together the movie. Very interesting. I'm kind of curious. And The Rock said to Scott Fishman today, because Fishman commented on him, or not today, I think it was yesterday. But Fishman made a comment to The Rock about, you know, hey, if this works out, maybe you could make movies about the Maivia family and some of the other wrestling families out there and create kind of a whole series. And The Rock was like, you never know, brother, you never know. So it could be a cool thing to see. He saw the documentary they did in, in the UK about the, her family and got interested and intrigued. So this is why it's going to take place. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's like hers is... You hear so much about the U.S. wrestling dynasties. You know, the, I don't want to say the hearts because the hearts are Canadian, but, you know, okay, fine. North, North American. Go North American because, you know, you hear a lot about the hearts. The hearts, the Funks, the Von Erics, the Jarrods. Is that enough families for you? The Mulligans, slash Rotundas, slash Wyatts. See, see, she had a wedge them in there. Got a 
that gives them their actually no, you think about it. The Mulligan family is a pretty pretty dynastic family. Yeah. Could you look at how many people that spurned? Oh, I, I believe it. We got Barry Windham out of that, enough said. But yeah, so it could be a cool thing to see, to see him, you know, bring that over and introduce American audiences, North American audiences, and really the world to her family, because her family's actually really fascinating. It's like her mother was pregnant with her and was wrestling. Paige literally grew up in the business. I've heard that somewhere. I don't know where. I think she said it. Yeah, I know. It's it said all the time. I'm you, just, you know, in case people, people don't know, people may not know. I know, I know, I know. Just saying. So, so anyway, so congratulations to The Rock, Paige, and WWE. I hope it is a smashing success, and I can't wait to hear it. And speaking of smashing, we have Bones Breaking. It's time for the Injury Roundup. Bones Breaking, Backs Cracking, Shoulder Snapping. It's this week's Injury Roundup. Brent, damn it, Tony Nese. Hashtag blame Brent. On TV, they're reporting that it is his abs. It's not actually his abs. He's minorly injured his heel. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Yes. I have, a, I have an additional blame Brent. Hmm. We have M-Dog Macross, a.k.a. Son of Havoc from Lucha Underground. He broke his leg. Hashtag blame Brent. Macross. Isn't he the dude from Tough Enough? Yep. Ah, uh, oh. <laughs> she, knows oh. Who, she knows who this is now. That dude. Okay. That dude. Yeah. Also, I believe there's one more injury, but I can't seem to find it. I believe no. Lan- Lance Archer. Um, Lance Archer did not work today. Uh, apparently, he's injured his ankle as well. So, Lance Archer, a.k.a. Lance Hoyt. Hashtag blame Brent. He's still wrestling? He wrestles in New Japan. Does he? Yeah, he's big over in Japan. Oh, sorry. That sucks, dude. Didn't know. Anyway, we have updates for you on two ongoing injuries. Darren Young reported in for elbow surgery this past week to fix his damaged elbow. So hopefully y'all, I think it went well and he's now recuperating at home. It's going to be a long road home for him. Uh, Go back to Lance Archer for a second. He's in the tag team with Davey Boy Smith. Wow. Yep. So there you go. Sorry, guys. I really don't follow New Japan that much, mainly because I can't see it. We're here in the United States. Yeah, That's... I'm here in the U.S. I can't really see it. I know some people do, but it's like I just I don't ever see it, so I don't really follow it because there's so much wrestling on. I just I can't follow it all. Just can't do it. Anyway, moving on. We have to address this because it is technically an ongoing blame Brent. This is all rumor, but there seems to be some proof a, to it. It's not a rumor. fact it's, to it. it. It's not a rumor. It's a, it is a fact. But the, the rumors, there are rumors surrounding it. Okay, yeah. And there's all kinds of speculation and everything else. So basically, there's something going on with Nikki Bella. It's been reported she's asked for time off after WrestleMania. She's been granted the time off. Her contract's um, actually expiring. Her contract is expiring. And so she is, she's basically kind of indicated, sort of, and WWE is sort of indicating that she's going to be taking time off at least after WrestleMania if she does not resign. Part of this is due to the fact her sister's having a baby. I'm just going to put that out there right now because Bree's due right around Mania. Like, I'm, I'm calling Mania Sunday or Mania Weekend. He, she's popping out that kid. That'd be hilarious if she went in labor during Mania. It would be amazing. But I think it's probably the week before. But anyway, continue. They could do like with Hutter and Steph when Steph was having the baby and they can cut to the labor room. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> oh, God, I remember that. That was amazing. Anyway, um... And part of it is due to her neck. It's been rumored and speculated upon. Um, 
leaks have come out about Nikki that her neck is really, really bothering her, that she's been trying to go full full time, that she's trying to do everything that she was doing before, and subsequently she has sort of re-hurt herself with her neck. And it's to the point now that she it's really bothering her and she really can't do a lot with it. She wants to take time off to rest her neck. She is suffering numbness down her arm. That's never a good sign. Uh, that was confirmed by John Cena on Talking Smack. Let's just throw that out there. He he, yeah. he confirmed that. Um, it was speculated that you know she's been having struggles with her neck. That's been confirmed. We all knew this. I've been saying since day one when she came back and the bump she was taking on the side of the ring on the outside, how she was being tossed around on to her neck, it's going to cause a problem. She shouldn't be taking those style bumps. But what she continued to do, she kept taking those bumps, figuring they're safe. But you're suffering whiplash every single time you're taking those bumps. That's not good. And when you're coming back off of a fusion surgery where they you had a herniated disc, you don't want to be doing that. But it's like, you know, it's... And I told Rock this when I heard this, and when he kind of confirmed it, which is, Nikki wants to be the female John Cena. She wants to be the female Rock. So when she got hurt, she wanted to rehab as fast as possible, very much like what John does, where John Cena just rehabs at a freakishly superhuman level, you know, where it's he comes back off of, you know, a broken neck, and this is an exaggeration, obviously, a broken neck in like a week kind of deal. There's only there's only one John Cena. Yeah, where you know it's just like he's a freak when it comes to rehab because he wants to get back to work. And Nikki tried to pull that off, where she tried to do a very similar rehab type style to come back sooner. Obviously, she didn't come back sooner. She came back on time, which is what you want. But she wanted to come back, and she wanted to be able to do everything she could do before. She wanted to be like John because it's like John comes back off an injury and he's fine. You know, he can do everything he did before. It doesn't bother him. It doesn't hurt him. Uh, but John really has never hurt his hurt his neck to the degree that Nikki did. And so Nikki came back thinking probably, oh, well, I can do everything I used to be able to do before. And she can't. I mean, even just the full-time schedule, the fact that she's working almost every night, she's taking these bumps every night and just putting that pressure on her neck for, let's see, she came back at SummerSlam? Yep. So not even six months, six months, eight months, somewhere in there. Something like that, yeah. That she's been taking these bumps and it's taking its toll on her body. Yeah, it really is. And she's tried to take up the schedule. It just doesn't work for her. So it's an interesting story that we're going to kind of keep continuing to follow. I would be interested to see if she resigns because the rumor, the rumor that is swirling is that Nikki Bella wants to retire at WrestleMania. That, that is the rumor that her last match will be at WrestleMania, although there is something else coming out that, you know, basically she and Brie want to do something together when Nikki recovers and when Brie has the baby where they go out together. That's kind of been thrown around. But the the main rumor is is that Nikki Bella is retiring. That doesn't seem to be the case. She's at least taking time off. But there's no no indication she's going to resign beyond she's still on Total, Total Divas. And she's also an executive producer. She's probably going to sign some sort of additional contract with the company. Her wrestling contract's coming up. But she'll probably sign some sort of maybe a Legends deal or, or, or some sort of minor wrestling contract where she doesn't have to maybe take her contract where she has to wrestle once or whatever. Bree signed an ambassador's deal. So I think that's probably what they're going to put Nikki under where she can come back and she can work occasionally if they need her to. Yeah, that's this new sort of deal. Yeah, let's have a Legends deal, ambassador deal. Yeah. And, but ultimately she's still in her contract. She's still getting paid, but she's more of a brand ambassador for the company. 
So she can still be involved in everything that she's doing. She's just not on the road full time. Which I think would be good for her because it's like, it's got to be lonely since Brie retired. And also, Cena's been gone. He's been off doing other projects. So she has her friends, but to not have your boyfriend and not have your sister there probably is really lonely for her. Yeah, I can only imagine. So, feel better, Nikki. Feel better. Again, giving you a, a hearty thumbs up, but you can't see it. And last but certainly not least... It has happened, y'all. It has finally, finally happened. It got announced that the infamous, spectacular Rock and Roll Express is going into the Hall of Fame. How about that? How about that? The Rock and Roll Express are going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I'm excited by this. I'm excited, too. It should be cool. Jim Cornette commented on this. He commented as PW Insider. The lead story of my podcast this week was going to be, it has to be, I was wrong, 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 because I had to... I had said they'd never induct the Rock and Roll Express or the Midnight Express because we were never WWE enough to be considered. I am thrilled for Ricky and Robert. It's a huge honor for them. And it'll be great for, for people to see that footage again. It'll be great for those who've grown up and are in the business today who idolize NWA talents as they will get a big kick out of it. Fans who, rem- who remember us from our first run will be happy and hopefully this will re-educate the modern fan how, on how amazing these guys were in the ring. It's a tremendous honor for Ricky and Robert and I couldn't be happy happier for them. So, very nice tribute by Jim Cornette. No word on who's going to induct them yet. Probably not Jim Cornette because they are not going to give him a live mic. Not going to do that. No, that would be a bad idea. Given all the comments that Jim Cornette has made on WWE in the last few years, no. (laughs) They've learned. They've learned, yes, they have. Or at least get Kevin Dunn out of the building. You could say WWE and Jim Cornette is a bad romance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is, to say the least. Oh, I thought you were going to play the song, so I was just going to let it go. No, we're going to break. Yeah, so I say we take our first break of the evening, and when we come back, we are talking all things Elimination Chamber, which is this Sunday on the WWE Network, and, well... We have the SmackDown throwdown for you, so you don't want to miss it. You're listening to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com. We'll be right back. Roma, Roma, Maga, Gaula, La, Wadiaba, Roma, and Have you subscribed to the Rack Radio Show YouTube channel? If you haven't, here is what you are missing. Five days of WWE 2K17 content featuring Mashup Monday featuring your favorites performing entrances of other WWE superstars. Tuesday is Raw Redo featuring a recreation of a match from the previous night's edition of Monday Night Raw. Wednesday is Wild Card Wednesday, where anything could happen in WWE 2K17. Thursday is Throwback Thursday, featuring a historical matchup from WWE history. Friday is Fantasy Friday, featuring a dream match between two WWE superstars. Plus monthly simulations of every WWE pay-per-view. What are you waiting for? 
Subscribe now to youtube.com slash rec radio show for daily content from WWE 2K17. The evolution of online sports entertainment begins again on Sunday nights when you step into the ring with Wrestle Talk Radio. Covering all the latest in the WWE, TNA, and the indie scene. Plus, providing you with the most comprehensive coverage of every WWE and TNA pay-per-view. Join Wrestle Talk Radio every Sunday night live only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. What is the greatest cartoon TV show of all time? CB Radio has decided. It's the greater than great debate, heard every Saturday night. Midnight as Eastern on CB Radio only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Can't catch a WTR program live? Well, we've got three easy ways for you to listen whenever you want. First, listen to the Wild Talk Radio Network on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes and search for Wild Talk Radio Network and subscribe to our feed. Secondly, Download the Stitcher Radio app and search for Wild Talk Radio Network. And finally, just visit the archive section right here at wildtalkradio.com and you can download every single episode of all your favorite programs. Best of all, it's free. Keep up to date and spread the word to your friends on how you can be part of the Wild Talk Radio Network listening experience. And this is Nikki, and we're the Bell Twins, and you're listening to the Rap Radio Show. Something in your eyes lets me see right through you. Suited, ready for the moment. I have been elusive while working on this new shit. Not following the wave, too many out of surfing. Got no time for wasting, man. Far too busy working. Nothing slowing down my pace. I grew up in different places. Every day for segregated. Had my life discriminated. Told that I would never make it. I won't spend it underrated. Yeah, I don't need to stay on the move every day. Hope I never make it though. Journey's all I'm living for. I feel it bending through. There's no stopping what it's coming for. Right here on wildtalkradio.com, brought to you by our friends over at Wrestling Figure Photography. Follow the journey today at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. And well, if you're listening to us over at wildtalkradio.com, gerwick.net, or rackradioshow.com, thank you so much for joining us. We are here. It is time to talk about the Elimination Chamber. Are we doing SmackDown Throwdown first? Doing SmackDown Throwdown first. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's SmackDown Showdown. Yes! 
talk about which one was going first we didn't discuss that we're just like oh yeah we're just gonna throw this here we're gonna talk about them no indication which one was going first anyway smackdown throwdown <laughs> stuff happened nikki and natty's verbal sparring oh my god this was terrible i love both of them this was awful who wrote this and this is all entirely blamed on the writing all blamed on the writing yeah all blamed on the writing yeah very much so you had natty neidhart say if i wasn't married john cena would totally be banging me of all the asinine things she could say in this feud because again let's make this entirely about john cena's dick i I have had a problem with this feud from day one. And it is nothing to do with Natty, and it is nothing to do with Nikki. It's the way that they have written this feud. I hate the fact that it's like they are using John Cena like this. It's like, no, kick him the hell out of this. Nikki has been a bad girl for most of her career. You really, really can't bring up the fact of, you know, half the stuff net that Nikki has done in her career versus, you know, John Cena. It's like you had the rumor of the Bella Twins holding people back, of them getting contracts canceled, of all this other stuff. It's like you can't just write that in and have Natty be like, oh, well, you cost me a deal. You cost me, you know, more money in my contract. You know, you, you held me down for years. You held me back for years because it was all about you. Like, really? It's If I wasn't married, John Cena would totally be banging me right now. What the hell? So many better options. So many better options. Please, God, let this in this this Sunday. Please. The Nikki and Natty stuff will end Sunday. The John Cena and Nikki stuff won't end Sunday. We'll talk about that coming up. When we, I'm we, we talk- fine with that. I know you Just are. Just the Natty Nikki stuff. End it Sunday, please. We we probably will. We'll talk. We'll preview that here in a moment. I might cry if they don't. Uh, next, I'm gonna set it up with this clip. Super cute. The super cute contract signing. Damn Naomi. Damn. She kicked Alexa Bliss in the face from across the table. Damn. Super cute. I love the hell out of this segment. This was like the 180 of the Natty Nikki segment. This was absolutely fantastic. They need to do more women's contract signings. They really, really, really do. You gave four women a chance to explain their, their, their sides, their pieces. They got over their stories. They were all confident. They were all strong. Alexa, as the man springs up in the chat room, is a great heel. Yes, she is. She was very strong. Mickey was very strong. Becky was strong. And Naomi was held her own. Yeah, Naomi didn't have a big part in this, which was a little sad, but she was still there. She was still part of it. And I hope they give her a stronger role. I think they might be pointing her at the title for Mania. Maybe. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I mean... I- I love the hell out of this segment, and we'll get to it when we talk about Chamber, but the women are going to have a very, very strong presence in Elimination Chamber, on Elimination Chamber, well, not in it, but on the show Sunday, which is awesome. Up next in the SmackDown throwdown, Daniel Bryan returns home to Seattle. He's not over. Not at all. Completely, totally not over. Those people had no idea who he was. Yeah. Shame. Shame such a guy like Dan O'Brien won't be over ever again. Side note, Miz is going to need some ice for that burn, because damn, damn, sassy pants Brian was here. Yeah, what, can you, do you remember the line he used? Basically, the Miz said something to the effect of, why are you here? Why are you in this ring? You can't wrestle anymore. And Brian came right back and looked at Miz and said, well, that's never stopped you from getting in the ring and trying to wrestle. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, damn, Brian! Yeah, Miz complained about Brian being in the ring if he can't wrestle Brian's truck. That never stopped you. And it's like, what? It's like, I don't even know why you're here. And I'm sitting here going, because he's your boss? And the, 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 there's another great line from Daniel Bryan. It's like, Miz was like, you're going to let him talk to me like that? And Bryan's like, don't punch the Miz in the face. That would be terrible. Yeah, he said it to Corbin. And Corbin's like, oh, okay. Like, Corbin was so confused. Remember, it's not Corbin. It's no longer Corbin. It's tight pants Corbin. Tall drink of water, tight pants McCorbin. Oh, he's McCorbin now? Yeah. Tight pants McCorbin? Okay. Tight pants McCorbin. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. And then there's this line that you wanted me to grab, so here, I grabbed it. You big, tall drink of water, Baron Corbin. Yeah, you're big, you're bad, you're tough. You stole the motorcycle sound from my entrance music. Dean. Dean. <laughs> It kind of speaks for itself. And then, so that that was that was a, that was a fun opening segment. Led to a four-way. Baron Corbin beat AJ Styles. Talk more Woo-hoo, about points. Talk about that here in a minute. Where oh wait, wait, wait! You missed the best line from AJ Styles. Best line from AJ Styles is "Tickle Butt." You guys done playing "Tickle, tickle butt? butt"? Yeah, yeah. I, I scrolled through my Twitter. I had it. Yeah, I was going there. "Tickle Butt." You guys done playing "Tickle Butt"? <laughs> my. Uh- my favorite thing about this segment was Bray Wyatt had no time for the stick measuring contest whatsoever. He didn't even show up. He and, didn't even bother. And why didn't he have any time? Well, he was busy getting Randy Orton ready. Because Randy Orton faced John Cena in the main event of SmackDown Live. He wrestled me in the main event about eight weeks early. And yeah, we had a match. It was a good match between two. It's Randy Orton, John Cena. What else do you expect? They have a good match. Ref bump. Bray Wyatt gets in the ring, he interferes, everyone's cleared out of the ring, Bray's standing in the ring, and then Luke Harper shows up and go. Okay, we're going to backtrack. We're going to talk about Luke Harper, because Luke Harper is pissed, really pissed, to the point he actually cut his own promo on SmackDown this past week. He had creepy red light bulbs, he had his own hidey hole, he's bitter, he's upset, Randy Orton has stolen his family, and he's not okay with it. So what is he going to do? He's going to murder Randy in public, in front of Bray, because that's all he can do at this point. He is a man who has nothing left to lose, mainly because he really didn't have anything to begin with. Like That promo on its own was really, really chilling, but it made Luke Harper look even more like the dangerous SOB that he really is. Like That right there, the entire WWE Universe was like, yes! We are behind you. Do the damn thing. Like, we are all behind Luke Harper just going through the SmackDown Live roster and just killing everybody because of that. And because Luke's awesome. But mainly because of that. I mean, it just, it sold him. You did. Perfectly. Yes, so, did. so, I'm sorry, continue. No, I was going to say, yes, I did. So, yeah. So, Luke and Bray are in the ring. Go. So, Luke and Bray in the ring. Luke is glaring at Bray. Bray is glaring at Luke. He's daring Luke to do something. So, what does Luke do? They kind of have this little scuffle. Luke comes around, gives Bray a nice, hard, discus clothesline, and knocks the ever-living rap out of Bray Wyatt. I laughed for five minutes. I had to rewind and watch it twice. This is true. Because I was laughing so hard at it that it just like made me so happy. I know the exact opposite reaction from everybody that... Or that I had that I think everybody thought I was going to have. Yeah, everyone thought she would freak out over this. No. I have laughed the entire time. Like, every time Luke Harper hits Bray Wyatt, I laugh. Because, honestly, I'm with Luke on this. I am, like, I cannot believe. And they, this is how well they've done this. That it's like, you have Bray Wyatt pick Randy Orton over Luke Harper. Luke Harper 
who was on the shelf, who's like Bray's right-hand man, his brother, his comrade-in-arms, you know, they are so inseparable that Bray had to wheel him out of the arena when he got hurt. They were tweeting each other for the love of God that they missed each other, right? Luke Harper comes back right around SummerSlam, a little bit after, I think, reunites with Bray Wyatt. They're going to rip the WWE Universe apart. They're going to tear it a new asshole. Less than six months later, they have dissolved, and Luke is going after Bray. Why? Because Bray decided he liked Randy Orton better. It's like, Bray, you tramp. You absolute tramp. How can you pick Randy Orton over your work husband, a man who has given you everything? I mean, my God. That is just, that's rude. So, I'm with I'm with Luke on this. I think everybody's with Luke on this because they're finally going to push Luke Harper. They're going to give him the push he really should have gotten the first time you split him out of the Wyatt family and he didn't get it. They're going to push Bray Wyatt and they're going to give Bray Wyatt the push he finally deserves. And this is going to be monumentally epic. And somewhere in there is Randy Orton. But yeah, this, this, just the stuff with the Wyatts, what they set up with the Wyatts on Tuesday was absolutely fantastic and i like that they kept it separate from the chamber stuff and i like how they've kept bray out of that which we'll talk about when we discuss chamber which is essentially like now time to dive deep into the elimination chamber which airs live this sunday on the wwe now where you can go to facebook.com slash group slash wild talk network and leave your predictions for the pay-per-view, or you can tweet them out while talk radio at rack radio show you have until sunday at 3 p.m eastern because the intern is actually going to the pay-per-view he is He's actually going to the pay-per-view, and he's going to recap everything as he's at the show. I told him he didn't have to, but hey, he wants to. Brent, take your net. Bring me Bray. Bray's going to be a little too busy to be trapped in a net, but okay, that's a thing. Who knows? We'll see what happens. He'll be distracted. You don't want Bray to- No, you don't want Bray distracted. Afterwards. Yeah, okay, maybe. Anyway, so you can leave your picks uh, there. You can drop them in the chat room, but the intern's not here to get them, so make sure you tweet them to me, or you can- do it, leave them on the Facebook group. Once again, facebook.com slash group slash Wild Talk Radio Network. Now let's get into the matches, shall we? We'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Works for me. Because I have a card and you don't even have a card. Correct? Correct. All right. Handicap match. Paulo Cruz and Kalisto versus Dolph Ziggler on the SmackDown Live. Dolph Ziggler beat Paulo Cruz. And then, no, lost to Paulo Cruz and started beating him up with a steel chair. Kalisto came down. He got beat up with a steel chair. He was backstage and went, I, I can beat both of them. And Daniel Bryan's like, okay, sure, Sunday you can. So that's how we have this match. He's been feuding with both men for the last few weeks since his heel turn, even though the fans were cheering him when he was smashing people's chairs on SmackDown Live. So it leads us to his match. I would assume this is a pre-show match. There's no defined pre-show match. But I would assume this would be pre-show. <laughs> it has all the earmarkings of a pre-show. Or a kickoff so show, this, whatever you want to call it. So this is a two-on-one, right? Two-on-one handicap match. I believe they'll have to tag in, I think. You think? I would assume. Anyway, it's still a handicap match. There's no way Dolph Ziggler wins. Dolph Ziggler can't win. It's a two-on-one. If Zig- He's the heel. If Ziggler wins, you bury Cruz and Kalisto. They've been buried so much already, yes. But you would bury them even more. This will lead to more f- Dolph Ziggler frustration. Kalisto and Cruz should win this one. Easily. Hands down. No questions asked. Yeah. Cruz and Kalisto. I mean, you you can't. You, 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 you. If Okay, if Dolph was the face and Cruz and Kalisto were the heels, yes, Ziggler 100%. He's the underdog, he overcomes, he wins. Ziggler's the heel. Ziggler has to lose. The man's in Shepard goes, I'm not just, I'm just not feeling Cruz. Yeah, he should have been in NXT for the last year instead of up on the main roster doing nothing. Yeah, they should have sent him back down. 
they really should have set him back down and let him kind of develop more in terms of a character. Like, he's sound wrestling-wise, he's perfect wrestling-wise, but he just needs that character development to be able to kind of sort of grow with the audience, because one of the really good things about NXT, when you take the indie guys and girls out of the off the indies and bring them into NXT, is it helps them to really develop a following with the WWE audience, because they may not be as familiar with them. And the problem with Cruz was, he wasn't down there long enough to develop that following. And I mean, he's such a phenomenal wrestler. It's such a waste to have him on the main roster, and they did they don't do anything with him when they could have had him down in NXT and made him into a star and then brought him up. And I mean, cause the same could have been said for Baron Corbin, but Corbin has advanced. Corbin has advanced finally, but it's taking Corbin a while to find his stride. It's taken him every bit of a year to figure out what he's doing yeah, and for them to figure out what he, he needs to be doing. So it's like, again, Corbin was probably another one that could have waited a little bit longer, especially given the vacuum that was created after WrestleMania last year. It's like, you didn't need to bring that many people up, but they wanted to. So, yeah. But I say... I say uh, Cruz and Kalista win. So does the video game, but the eight ball says Dolph Ziggler. Eight ball. Becky Lynch versus Mickey James. The first of three women's matches on the show. I think this is historic. I don't think they've ever had three women's matches on a pay-per-view before. On the main show. And if they did, it's not three singles matches. Yeah. They would be random women tag matches. And even then, I think the most has been two. We have three. Yeah, we have three. I mean, that just shows the depth and the strength of the SmackDown women's roster right now. That you have three women's matches, including one for the title, at Chamber. In a show of what? How many matches total are there for Chamber? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So almost half the show is women. You have your whole women's roster on the show, just about. Except for Carmella. That's it. She's the odd woman out. She'll do something with Ellsworth. Maybe. But yeah, she's the odd woman out, but you have six women. And you've been building these storylines for a while, especially the Becky Mickey thing with La Luchadora. She was the one who was going to be revealed. She was revealed. And she's come back as heel Mickey, heel crazy Mickey, cray cray, cray cray Mickey. I miss crazy Mickey so much. Because, you know, cray cray Mickey is... Super cute! It's his new favorite thing, that sounder. It is. It is. Anyway, this match is going to be really good. They'll give some time. They've been telling a good story. Becky's awesome. Mickey is awesome. Give them 15 minutes. They'll have a great match. They're going to tear it down, I think, or they're going to try really hard to tear it down. Out of all the women's matches on the show, this one I'm unsure of on who should win. So let me hear your thoughts. I want to pick Becky just because I love Becky and she's on my team. But you had Mickey lose at Rumble in the six-woman. This is her first pay-per-view appearance in a singles match. And I say this is probably going on to Mania, just given the time frame. I don't think they'll get a singles match at Mania, but yeah, the, the feud will continue. So, I say Mickey wins. Yeah, Becky get the win last time, Mickey's gotta get the win this time. Because the thing is, is like it's going to be one-on-one. Alexa's not gonna come out and help Mickey. She's got her own match. I'm going Mickey, too. I really want to say Becky, like you mentioned, but it's like, yeah, I'll go Mickey. Just, you, you have to mix it up, because I'm going, I'm going status quo the other way, so yeah, we'll go with Becky, we'll go with Mickey in this one. The video game in 8-Ball went with Becky Lynch. Up next, the second of three women's matches, Nikki Bella and Natalya. These two better beat the crap out of each other to I, make up for all the crappy promos. I mean, they, they just literally, this needs to be physical, as physical as Nikki can get, given her neck, and just absolutely tear like tear each other apart because we've had several pull apart brawls 
they don't deliver on those, I'm going to be very disappointed. They can't have a standard wrestling match. No, this needs to be a fight. This needs to be a knockdown, drag out fight. And Nikki should go over. Yeah, I would agree with that. Nikki's got to win. Mainly because they're going to have to set up Mania with Nikki. Yeah, so I'm going with Nikki. You're going Nikki? Yeah, going Nikki. Video, go- video game goes Natty, 8-ball goes Nikki. Up next is the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, Tag Team Turmoil. American Alpha, the Usos, the Vaude Villains, Rhino and Heath Slater, The Ascension, and Breezango. There is no sim-, sim preview for this one because of reasons I'm not doing six tag matches. The Ascension won on SmackDown the first time in since September. It was shocking. It's extremely shocking. The Vaude Villains got the win too, but The Ascension actually made the pinfall, so Vaude Villains and Ascension both won on the same show. That, that, that's, that's crazy. I mean, if American Alpha wins... They've now been in the entire tag team division in one night. But I don't see anyone else who should win this. You know, I don't want the Usos to win. They've been there, done that. Rhino Heath Slater been there, done that. Honestly, if I had to, if I had to go for a wild card, I'd go Breezango. But they don't do anything with them. But I like the act they're doing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Who, 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 what are you thinking? Somebody is going to, somebody aside from American Alpha is going to have to win. If American Alpha retains, then they have nothing for Mania. Because you just literally had them be the entire SmackDown tag division. So there's, you're going to have to name a new number one contender. You're going to have to build a new number one contender in eight weeks, which is not impossible. That's plenty of time to do it. But it seems really stupid to do the entire division in a turmoil match, a chamber, and then have to basically have, and then have Alpha retain. And then it's, oh, well, you have to put up the title again, and you're going to have to just face somebody that you just beat again in eight weeks like i know that's how wrestling works that's a thing but it just it's it's not it's kind of stupid it's kind of ass backwards honestly it's like you really should do the one-on-one match now and then do the turmoil match at mania because then that makes more sense i don't see like because i don't see them bringing up any other tag team from nxt at any point right now the closest might be the revival but they're just starting something with the author's pain so don't think it's going to be them don't yeah. think it's going to be gargano and Ciampa. no nothing until after wrestlemania so it's like i want to say american alpha retains but i don't know and like you said the usos have been there done that rhino and slater have been there done that they're not going to put it on the vaudevillains they might do breezango and as for the ascension I don't want to see that. So, you know what? I'm going to take the wild card bet, Brizango. I can see them swerving because then you can do the rematch at WrestleMania and you have Alpha beat Brizango for the titles at Mania. Lance brings up the, the, the Usos having one about those heels, though. Yeah, but I'm tired of the Usos. Yeah, I'm tired. At this point, it's the status quo. It's do you give it to somebody that's held it already or do you give it to somebody new? And with SmackDown being the land of opportunity, they're, I think they're trying to go for a couple surprises on this show that nobody's really expecting. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to the chamber. I want to make a credible case for Brizango because the eight ball picked Brizango as well. As shocking as it is, the better work, the best workers in the match are American Alpha, hands down. The second best workers in this match are Brizango, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango. They're the two best other workers in this match. No offense to the Vaude Villains, the Usos, or Heath Slater, or Ryan, or whatever. If you give it to the Usos, you haven't built another team. If you give it to Brizango. You've built another team. Because we all know the division on SmackDown is American Alpha and the Usos. There's only two credible tag teams. So if you give this matchup to Breezango, you now have a third credible tag team. Do I honestly think they're going to give it to Breezango? Not a chance in hell. That said, I'm going Breezango because it's going to be funny and it'll be amazing. And, uh, yeah. 
going to, honestly, American Alpha is going to win, and they're going to have to come up with a, a, a way to get them onto the pre-show at WrestleMania or throw them into a battle royal. But I'm going Breezango just for the hell of it, because why not? It's fun. Honestly, because Lemans asked, but with their gimmicks, can you make them into a serious threat to Alpha? Yeah, I really don't want another comedy act. Had enough of that with New Day. I don't think it's really a comedy act. That's the thing. It's just a very delusional pair of individuals. You know, if they can back it up with wrestling, the gimmick doesn't really matter. Tyler Breeze is very underrated. Tyler Breeze is incredibly underrated. Fandango is incredibly underrated. They're both very talented workers. And it's something of nobody expects them to win this because of the gimmick. Like, they, they're the fashion police. They come, Tyler Breeze comes out in short shorts. They hand out tickets. You know, they do their thing. But that's, it's like, it's all, it's all a facade and they go out there and they win the tag team titles. Because it's like, Breezango really hasn't been given a shot. That's the thing. Is it's like, they just, Fandango and Tyler Breeze came together. They created this gimmick or they were given this gimmick. One of the two. They've made it into something. They're running with it. They're doing the best they can with it. But they're not really getting put on TV. They're not really being featured. And the same thing goes for the Vaudevillains and definitely the Ascension. The Ascension hasn't really been featured since um, Connor came back from his suspension. And it's something of, you just, like Rock said, you just have American Alpha and you just have the Usos. And that's really the entirety of the SmackDown tag team division. I think you need to build a third team. I think you need to build all of the teams. You need to diversify that division. You need to make it deep because the Usos and American Alpha can't keep trading those titles back and forth and you can't wait for either Gargano and Ciampa or the Revival to come up because it's in all likelihood one or both of those might be going to Raw to help the Raw tag division out because the Raw tag division has lost people and they haven't replaced them really. So I mean it's it's an unin. It's an unexpected win. They don't have to hold them long. Really just to mania. There you go. He, he, he brings also the point they need to change the accession to the old ascension, not demolition ascension. I would agree with that. But even at NXT, I always felt like the ascension was overrated. Very. I mean, I'm sure they're really good workers and that's, not for nothing, but it's like, to me, they're very one-dimensional. They just, they don't do anything for me. Like, everybody's like, oh my god, the Ascension, but it's like, to me, they don't do anything. Really look hard at what they did in the NXT, and then you think about it. They beat, they did squash matches all the time. And it's like, even, even when, before they came up at NXT, we kept asking, when are you going to give them real competition? When are you going to put them in against a real tag team? Because they did do squash matches a lot. Now they're in a big pond where it's like they can't quote unquote shine as much because they aren't given those squash matches because they don't do those on SmackDown for tag teams. You go in the tag division and you wrestle in the tag division where everybody is just as good as everybody else and nobody's really meant to stand out. It's like the tag titles are always just a secondary title and that's it. They're just there when they need them. So there you go. Up next, SmackDown Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss, Naomi. This is gonna be, this is gonna be so good. Um. Alexa Bliss retains. Yeah. We've kind of, we've kind of detailed this one, but yeah, go ahead. As much as I want Naomi to win, as much as I want her to be the women's champion, don't do it. Don't do it at Chamber. Give it to her, Mania. Have her be the one to win the title in her hometown. All that stuff. Because I think this ends in shenanigans. I think it ends clean. Um, Alexa's lost twice to Naomi clean in the middle of the ring. She needs to get her win, ba- win back. When the title's on the line, Alexa Bliss as champion will step up and retain her belt. Simple as that. Yep. Alexa was picked by the eight ball in the video game. It is now Luke Harper versus Randy Orton. Go. This needs to be a fight. This needs to be a knockdown, drag out, they're gonna kill each other 
fight between Luke and Randy. Because here's the thing. In the past, when these two have come together, Bray's always been there to be in the middle. Bray will not be there with Randy. He's got to deal with Chamber. So he's not going to come out with Randy and possibly risk getting hurt and not be able to go in the Chamber. So they'll send Randy out on his own. They'll send Luke on out on his own. And with no Bray Wyatt there to stand between them, these two are going to try to kill each other. That being said, I think Randy's going to get the better of Luke, as much as that hurts me to say, because I really want to see Luke Harper just, like, decimate Randy Orton. Really can't have Orton lose right now, heading into Mania. He is the number one contender for the WWE Championship. There's no way Luke Harper beats Randy Orton. This close to WrestleMania. Yes, John Cena beat Randy Orton, but that's John Cena. Everyone loses to John Cena. Randy needs a win. Randy needs to look strong. He's heading into a championship match at WrestleMania. So, Luke Harper, who he's been feuding with, it'll happen. Maybe. Maybe. Eric Rowan will help Randy Orton beat Luke Harper. He, he is training at the Performance Center. He could be back as early as Sunday. Nobody knows for sure. That's all rumor. But he is he is back in Florida training right now. So we could see an Eric Rowan very soon. As she completely bypassed the whole idea of Eric helping Randy. Eric knows where his loyalties lie. To Bray, and Bray's loyalty relies to Randy, so... <laughs> are they with Bray, or are they with Luke? That's the really intriguing thing about this whole situation, because Eric's going to come back after being gone for almost a year, and the Wyatt family is essentially on fire. <laughs> it's like, Luke's left, Bray's with Randy, and Eric's just going to walk in and be like, what the hell? What happened while I was gone? Braun got drafted, you know, it's like... His family is just in shambles. You play the song, Since You've Been Gone. Right? It's like that meme where the guy walks in with the pizzas and like the room's just on fire. That's going to be Eric Rowan. Man brings up Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, Tag Team Champions. They should have beat the Usos a long time ago for those belts. Yep. They should have beat the New Day for the belts. Beat New Day. They should have gotten a shot at New Day for the belts. New Day, but especially they should have beat the, y- the, the, the Usos in that feud a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They should have, but for whatever reason, they didn't put them over, and they made Luke and Bray and Randy the tag team champions, and then they had them almost directly lose that title, probably because they were planning this feud, so they needed the titles off them to do the feud. Um, They they originally were going to hold them through WrestleMania, but, you know, they made another choice of what they're going to do with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton at WrestleMania. So, yeah. All right. Randy, Randy, right? I got Randy. Wait, but has Randy? So his video game. So we're all in, all there. It's gonna be a fight. It should be a knockdown, dragout fight. And I have a theory on this, okay. which I'll share a little bit at basically after Chamber. Um, but yeah, I have a theory about kind of what's going on with Luke. You want to talk? You still want to preview the Chamber first? Then we'll do it. Yeah. All right, Chamber match, WWE title: John Cena, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, The Miz, Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin. Off the bat, Baron Corbin, Dean Ambrose, The Miz. Are not winning this matchup. You have three choices. Those choices are Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles, and John Cena. Do you really want to buy into the internet speculation? Can we buy into it? Can we all get our collective hopes up for this one? Should we get our collective hopes for, up for this one? I think we should. You think that's a thing? They are. The WrestleMania plans are coming out. It's very clear what WrestleMania is doing. What they're going to have for WrestleMania. You can see it in Bray. You can see the way that Bray has been acting the last few weeks. Somebody has lit a fire under that boy's ass that has not been there or was not there before Rumble. Someone say he found his smile. Bray Wyatt is sort of basically telling everybody just with his actions, with his promos, because again... He's been super into it, super animated, which means he's very inspired. 
he knows he's getting something big. The rumor is is that he's getting the title, which would make sense because they're doing supposedly AJ and Shane, and then Cena's going to be in the mixed tag with Nikki. It's not going to be Corbin, it's not going to be Ambrose, and it's not going to be Miz because Miz is facing Cena. So those two cancel each other out. Dean doesn't have a match, and Corbin doesn't have, unless they do Corbin and Dean for Mania, which they could. They could. That could be your fe- that could be a few for Mania. That really only leaves Bray. Side note: Before we get into Bray, I feel bad for AJ because he's sort of the one lost in the shuffle on this one. But that's okay. AJ had his moment. He had his time. He's gonna put. He's gonna do something crazy in this chamber. I can already feel it. The new well, and they the, all are. the new and improved chamber. I know. Apparently, I'm curious to see it. Probably gonna look the same, but they probably done some tweaks to it. Something like that. Who knows. We'll find out Sunday only on the WWE Network. But yeah, it's we just spent some time talking about how we need to make tag, team, tag teams. You need to make another star. You need to make another heel. You do. Either heel or, heel or face. It doesn't matter. They've been kind of like pussyfooting around Bray for the last couple years now. Just in terms of what they're going to do with him. They keep trying to, you know, push him. They keep trying not, you know, and then they don't push him. Doesn't work out for him. They rewrite it. Whatever. Bray Wyatt's kind of sort of just been drifting for about a year now. He now has a direction. You give him the title, you point him at Mania. Now you create that really interesting dynamic between Bray and Randy. Because Randy is technically Bray's... I don't want to say subordinate, because that's not right. But he's not Bray's equal. He's somewhere in that between. So Bray's expectation would be at Mania that Randy lay down for him. Except we all know Randy Orton, right? And I'm getting to your question, Lamaze, in terms of how do they how do they basically do the Orton turn with Bray? You just have Orton do it. It's really kind of that simple. Bray is waiting for Orton to lay down for him. Orton's not going to lay down because Orton now has what he wants. He has Bray on his own. Luke is not going to help him because Luke is gone. Luke's out of the picture. All right? Randy has driven him away. Randy has Bray on his own. Randy is now going to go after the title because it's on Bray and he knows he can take it off Bray. He'll just beat the crap out of him to take it. Which could lead to a returning Eric Rowan to either help Bray or screw Bray depending on how you look at this. Depending on where Eric Rowan's going to fall. Because he probably will not show up Sunday. There's no real need to have him show up Sunday unless he somehow magically appears in the chamber. And he helps Bray win the title. But I doubt that. As much as I want to see Eric, I don't think it's going to happen Sunday. But I think the just the dynamic between Orton and Bray and that whole build up to Mania where now it's Bray questions whether it's a good idea to have Orton so close, if he even questions that. Because, you know, again, it's Bray Wyatt, right? Bless the child, but he is not the brightest bulb in the box when it comes to certain things. That includes character judgment. He's always been bad at it. And you would think by now Bray would learn not to bring people in so close to him. Not to assume that people are going to do what he wants to do, but because, you know, he's had Luke and he's had Herrick and has had the entire cult for so long that everybody just does whatever the hell he wants, that, you know, now you bring in a new person like Randy Orton and it's like, Bray's like, oh yeah, we're cool, we're chill, you know, he'll do whatever I want. When, you know, we all know Randy's playing Bray. We all know it. Or is, Luke knows it. Or is Bray playing them all? Bray could be playing them all. That's the flip side to it. Because that would be the more interesting thing when it comes to the turn and everything. Bray is playing them all. Lamaraz is bringing up. It's like, Bray, Bray is very smart. He's a very smart individual. And we've seen this story, and we, we've seen it with the Daniel Bryan stuff. Every, everyone's very well aware of what happened there. Right. 
they're not going to repeat that story. The turn is going to be different. It's going to be something we're not expecting. And in that manner, it's going to be interesting to see how it's done, who turns on who. But in the end, Bray should be the one who outsmarts everyone. Dude, if they wrote it like that, I would cheer to the high heavens. Because I've been waiting for years for them to write Bray that smart. But they never do it. They never do it, but this is the opportunity because you're making him champion. He has to be outsmart every single person to get what he wants. It, it's very convenient. He got Randy Orton out of the way. He, Randy Orton's set for WrestleMania. He's out of Bray's way to get this title. He knows what he has to do. I don't know. I think Bray turning, Bray being the one who masterminds it all, and maybe this whole stuff with Luke is a whole mastermind mind game with him and Luke working together. Thinking Randy's splitting it apart, but in the end, they come back around to one another. We'll see. And that's one of my theories with Luke, is that Luke and Bray are playing Randy. And I've said this before, I would love to see that. Where it's like, they know what Randy's trying to do. They've known from day one what Randy's been trying to do. But it's like, we can use him. You know, we need a third person. He's willing to play along for right now. I mean, as soon as he goes tries to, you know, do something to us, we can cut him loose and beat the crap out of him, and that's it. So it's like, you know, it's like Bray's not going to turn down the help if he can get it, especially if Orton's thinking that he's winning. It's easier than trying to fight Orton, especially if Bray's going for a title. So it's like, that's one one theory behind it, is that Luke and Bray are playing everybody. Which, dude, honestly, if that happened, I would cheer to the high heavens, because that would be amazing. Because I've been waiting for them to write Bray as the evil genius that he is. But they always seem to play him the fool. They always make him, you know, it's like either from youth or inexperience or both, where he overlooks something and he slips up and he gets caught. And it's like he gets there and he gets there and he gets there. And that's kind of been the story with Bray Wyatt is he talks a great game. He gets to it right there, right at the cusp. And then he can't get it done. He loses. He fails. Every time with Bray Wyatt, that's how they write him. And the tag titles were like the first taste of that title. Where he finally got over that hump and he won. And he won something big. And it's like, hey, we got a title now. But then they almost directly lost the titles. So he had to start over again. But yeah, if they did that, that'd be awesome. My other theory is that Luke is like, Luke is trying to save Bray from Randy. And the only way Luke knows how to save Bray from Randy is to, one, get rid of Randy. And two, beat Reason into Bray. Because we've seen Luke Harper attack Bray. Which could be a ruse. It happened at Rumble. It happened again Tuesday. It's been happening on house shows where they've been fighting each other. I think they're eventually going to do the Luke Harper Bray Wyatt feud. They just—they're not doing it before Mania because they're going to do Bray and Randy first, which is why Eric's return is really critical because it's whose side is Eric going to come back on if it's Bray and Luke feuding. Everybody assumes it's going to be Bray Wyatt, but what if it's not? What if Eric sides with Luke? Because let's not forget that when Luke came back. Bray abandoned Eric. Like, just abandoned him. He's like, yeah, okay, you were here. You screwed up everything. But you were here. Oh, hey, look, Luke's back. F off. That's that's literally what happened between the three of them. And Eric just got left by the wayside, and then he got hurt. Well, no, he got hurt first, and then Luke came back. Yeah, but he got left by the wayside, essentially. That's what happened. Because he failed against Randy Orton. Because he failed against Randy Orton. So it's, Eric's been on the shelf. Eric's been all but forgotten. Because Bray's had Randy, so now it's Eric's coming back to the Flaming Wyatt family where it's like, Luke's separated from Bray, Bray's with Randy, so where does Eric Rowan go? Everybody's thinking he's going to go with Bray, but the more interesting story is, what if he's not? What if he defies Bray? Because then you have Luke and Eric 
on their own, which creates another tag team on SmackDown, which means you could point the Wyatts or the Harpers in this case, whatever you want to call them, the family, at the family, the family at the tag titles. You could do that. So you have Bray over here potentially with his title. You have the family over here with their titles. And then at some point they can all come back together again, either immediately or later on down the road. I don't, Lamans. I don't think he's succeeding Taker. That's the thing. No, he's going to be his own person. He's going to be his own person. It's the it's the supernatural gimmick, but it's not so much as supernatural as Taker. I don't think he's meant to be a successor for Taker. In longevity, they hope. But in longevity, it. they hope. Yeah, because Bray wants to do this for 10, 15, 20 years. But I don't. I don't want him, I don't like the idea that he is compared to Taker because it's like Taker is Taker and just nobody I think is going to achieve what Taker did. That said, who you got? Bray. Bray. Eight ball has Bray. Video game as seen Tuesday night on the live stream. Twitch.tv slash rack radio show. John Cena retained. So there you go. Go to Facebook.com slash group slash wild talk radio network. Make your picks. You can tweet them at rack radio show or at wild talk radio. But we gotta take one more quick break and come back and do Tweet a Week in NXT. Sounds like a plan, so you're listening to the rack right here on wildtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. Out and about when your favorite WTR program is on the air. Don't worry, we've got you covered. You can listen to WTR on the go with TuneIn Radio. Just download the TuneIn Radio app for your Android or iPhone, iPad or tablet, and search for Wild Talk Radio Network. Best of all, it's free. What are you waiting for? Download the TuneIn Radio app today. Tune in to WTR wherever you are. What is the greatest vacation destination of all time? CB Radio decides. It's the Greater Than Great Debate heard every Saturday night midnight-ish Eastern Time only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. man that ever lived always likes a good rack and you're listening to the greatest rack on wild talk radio network
back to the rack right here on wildtalkradio.com but to our friends over at wrestling figure photography follow the journey today at instagram.com slash mbg1211 if you're just joining us over on rackradioshow.com wildtalkradio.com and gerwick.net thank you so much for joining us we greatly appreciate it you missed the news you missed our chamber preview but you're just in time for tweet of the week used to be the kind of person spending time on my space until the spammers ended up taking over my place and I was so bitter until I found Twitter. Oh, a place where you can go ahead and write what you're feeling. 140 characters or less is what you're giving. My addiction starts to climb. I go to refresh my timeline cause I won't stop tweeting no more no more it cannot wait i'm sure all right Sami Zayn tweeted main evented raw beat seth rollins lasted 47 minutes in a stacked royal rumble beat chris jericho the last three weeks have been good and kevin owens replied what about the time years ago in Europe when you tried to spit in the water off that bridge but ended up spitting on your own wrist instead? Sami Zayn also tweeted, four years ago today, I went in for my first day on the job with WWE. And of course, Kevin Owens replies, also 10 years ago, you spat on your own wrist. Remember that? And then he follows it up with, cool, mine was only two and a half years ago. Hashtag NXT champ, hashtag intercontinental champ two times, hashtag universal champ. But you, you did stuff. You're okay. Kevin, you asshole. Super cute. Yep. Noam Dar, at what stage in my life do I become equipped to sip roasted and hot coffee like a real adult? Because me wee tongue still takes a whipping day to day. Yes, he tweets with a Scottish accent. Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. And Cesaro replies, 27 is the magic age. And Noam Dar replies, thank you, Jedi. Thank you, Java Jedi Master. Alicia Fox. Nomdar tweets, Cannot wait to watch the Super Bowl the night and do everything I can do to ruin it for everyone around me because it's not even real football. WWE tweeted out, The WWE Universal Championship is on the line at Fastlane as Goldberg challenges Fight Owens' fight. To which Kevin Owens replies, Can you guys Photoshop my beard too? You don't need to change the color though. Maybe just make it thicker. Or, and you should Photoshop someone's hair and make it thicker. I already did that. At Lindsworth, L-I-N-S-W-I-R-D. I fixed Baron Corbin's hair because it legit bothers me that they do not fix Baron Corbin's hairline. You can see it at Lindsward, L-I-N-S-W-I-R-D on the Twitter. There's a comparison on my Facebook. If you follow me on Facebook, which I don't think anybody here does, but except for Brent. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's a five minute thing in Photoshop. Just fix his hair. Fix everybody's hair. Touch them up. You do it to take her. Oh, God, do they do it to Taker. I've seen the raw photos of Taker. Yeah, they touch him up a lot. Come on, help Baron Corbin out. Make Baron Corbin's hair grit again. You did not. I did. Oh, God. Anyway, that's it. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. WWE Creative-ish. The XFL documentary reminded us that Vince McMahon used to be stubborn and unpredictable. Oh, how have times changed? Hashtag kayfabe. Someone tweeted Wendy's. You should have entered number 30 in the WWE Royal Rumble. Wendy's replied, anything would have been better, to be honest. Richard Trianfo. What are the best ways to distract a Hebner? 
Number one, have boobs. Number two, be yep. anywhere in his peripheral vision. Three, hold something shiny. Hashtag impact. Not sports center breaking. Jay Cutler has been named the NFL's least valuable player for 2016. His second career least valuable player of the year award. Hashtag NFL honors. Sarah Baker. My Lyft driver just said cheering for Tom Brady is like cheering for Walmart. Auto account. Let's go Brady. Brady sucks. Hashtag Super Bowl. Auto account. I spy with my little eyes something that looks deflated and it's Tom Brady sitting with his hands folded early in the football game. Keyword early in the football game. Dana O'Neill. Somewhere Mariah Carey is thinking... And all I had to do was sing. Very true. Fake spoiler. I'm sorry, Lady Gaga, but Shawn Michaels had the best gliding entrance of all time. Yeah. Verizon. Unfortunately, no one will hear your safe word if you're on T-Mobile. That was a creepy commercial. Not gonna lie. Those were terrible. Like, I get the tie-in, but really, those were awful. Yeah. Uh, that that was the most uncomfortable I've ever been with a Super Bowl commercial. David Lagana. That wasn't a hold. That was a rest hold chin lock. Yes, it was. Fake sporter, sports center. Julian Edelman would have caught Lady Gaga if she fell from the sky. Bubba Rydelli, this is how you book a finish. Hashtag Super Bowl. Brian Fritz, what a plot twist in Super Bowl. Almost like Vince McMahon booked it. Hashtag Super Bowl 51. Matt Ford, make America deflate again. Joel Gardner, one of fun deals. Hashtag Super Bowl. Aikman is said it best. It's all about having a clean pocket and perfect balls. Now, so if you're a fan of the show The Office... And you should be. It was a great show. It was, should have went further than the greater than great debate because some people are biased. But I digress. One character who was played by Jenna Fisher, Pam Beasley, was banned from um, the from Chili's because she had too much to drink. She had a lot of second drinks. But during that show, she was given an award. It was a Dundee. And this was the quote. And I feel God in this Chili's tonight. So, 11 years later, Jenna Fisher goes, should I try to go in? And she's standing out front of the Chili's. They reply, we hope you felt God tonight. <laughs> and she replied, oh, no, then Chili's tweeted out, breaking Chili's list permanent ban on Pam. Welcomes her back to any Chili's restaurant. They did a whole press release for it, too. It's amazing. That's awesome. She replied, oh my God, second drink. Uh, Brian uh, Bumgardner, who played Kevin Malone on the show. This is freaking outstanding. When are we going? She goes, soon, let's do it. John Krasinski, her her husband on the show, goes, finally. She goes, I find, I promise not to fall off the stool the next time. And going back to the Dundee, Mindy Kaling goes, whitest sneaker award, hashtag the Dundies. And how funny it is that it was an 11-year ban. So long. This brought out uh, Steve Carell to reply, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. I love that the whole cast got involved in this whole thing. It was amazing. It's a great day on Twitter. Uh, WWE creative-ish. So it's Becky Lynch and her straight fire versus Mickey James and her bi-curious fire. This is true. Not sports center. Breaking. Roger Goodell has suspended Tom Brady for the entire 2017 season after seeing a tape of him senselessly abusing 11 Atlanta birds. So, yeah, that, that was a thing. Betty Effin White. An Ikea cabinet would be better for our democracy than the one we're getting. Seth Rollins. Rehab officially ruined at ESPN at Sports Nation and at Mike the Miz because Mike the Miz was a co-host on ESPN Sports Nation and he saw it as he was rehabbing today. That's hilarious. The Miz will be on, uh, by the way, on multiple editions of Sports Nation on Thursdays in March as a co-host. And finally, bad news from Finn Balor. Bad news. Sad face. Crying emoji. Minor injury step back. Cut my finger cutting peppers. Rehab start today. Estimated recovery time 48 hours. Hashtag ouch. Hashtag sad. 
Finn, you troll. He is such a damn troll. It's time for this week's edition of the NXT Rundown. So, Sanity wants Ty. Ty doesn't. Ty gets beat up. You had Roderick Strong and No Way Jose get involved. That led to a six-man tag. The former Demo is one hairy individual. Oh my god, he's so furry. They got all up in the Bollywood boys early in the show. Why did they have a clothes rack? Like, why were they coming out, like, clapping a clothes rack together? Somebody please explain what that is. Like, what is that supposed to be? I don't know. I mean, are they trying to, like, mimic cymbals? Do they need an accordion? Do they need, like, some of those blow-up bash stick things? I mean, like, what what the hell was that? I couldn't tell you. I require explanations. Anyone tweet us out, Rock Radio Show. So Saturday beat them, and then Saturday beat Dillinger and Strong and No Way Jose. And this one, Nikki Cross got involved as well. That little spitfire. Bless her. She wants Asuka. Really, 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 really bad. She wants Asuka. Yes, she does. We saw Heavy Machinery make their debut against the Revival. Wait, I want to go back to Sanity. Okay, go ahead. Why do they want Ty? What do they want with Ty? I, okay, first of all, <laughs> really, really weird hearing Nigel McGinnis on NXT. Because it's like, there's Tom Phillips. It's like, yay, Tom Phillips. And there's Percy Watson. It's kind of like, yeah. And then Nigel McGinnis. Like, I miss Corey Graves. It's only been one episode, but I miss Corey Graves. Because I really like Nigel McGinnis. But it's like, he does not have the chemistry with Phillips that Graves did. This was their first show. This was their first show, and I'm sure it'll grow on me. But it's just like, you're so used to Corey Graves and Tom Phillips that Corey Graves not being there is really, really sad. Because you're just like, oh. They're not going to pick her like, a, like an old married couple. This sucks. Because Nigel's a face. Mm-hmm. They're all faces. It's a face commentary team now. You don't have the, the heel and the face, so they can't bicker with each other, which sucks. But I will say I liked how Nigel tried to put Sanity over. Yeah, he did a good job of that. My only complaint with it is is when they're talking about, oh, yeah, you know, the, the voices in Eric Young's head and... You know, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, why it's, it's why it's light. Oh God, it's why it's light. Like, I just, and I hate to say that about them because they're really trying, but it feels so much like the Wyatt family. It really does. You have the big hairy dudes. You got, you know, the only thing that I think really helps them stand out is you got the crazy chick and Nikki Cross, but I'd almost like to see her just break out on her own and just do her own thing and just be the crazy little spitfire that we all know and love, you know? I'm with you. But yeah. So, and again, what do they want Ty? What are they going to do with Ty? He's neither hairy nor crazy. And he's not into the whole post-apocalyptic cult. He's the perfect 10. He's the perfect 10. Why are you going to screw with the perfect 10? Can I move to the next one? Yes, you can move on now. The debut of Heavy Machinery happened. Speaking of the Wyatt, somebody call Bray. Because we found two new family members. Because that is literally how I think about wrestling. Is, it, is his name Otis? I think the big, um, the bigger one. Um, I think his name's Otis. Maybe. I'm gonna look it up. They took on the revival. They're big. They're big. They were singlets. They were They're singlets. orange and black. Yeah, they do. Um, they had a good match. One is they Russian. A, yeah, something like that. But they had a good match with um with the revival on the show. 
We are so professional in covering wrestling, aren't we, y'all? I'm, I'm just looking up the name. Otis uh, Dozovic. Dozovic. Otis Dozovic and Tucker Knight. I don't care much for Tucker Knight. I'm not. I'm, I'm more about Otis Dozovic. He's a big, powerful dude. Yeah, he is. He, yeah, he is. He's 5'10", but 300 pounds of just massive humanity. I saw him, I, I liked him when I saw him in these videos. They did, they did these NXT Olympics on the Facebooks, and I just thought he was awesome. Otis Dozovic, he's, he's gonna be a star. He, he has the charisma. He's, he's a big guy with charisma. Um, so, yeah. So, they got the win, Rival got the win, they talked about being the tag team of the year, and they won their tag belts, so they're going after the Authors of Pain. Um, they did a nice fake out. They left the ring as Authors of Pain came out, and then they jumped them from behind. That was that was smart of the revival. The man brings up, what do they have left to prove to my feeling with the Authors of Pain? It's called, there's no spot for them on the main roster, so they need something to do, and TM61 got hurt. hurt. Yeah, basically, it's you need somebody to feed with the Authors of Pain, because you just wrapped up with um, DIY, and like you said... Team 61 is hurt. That was your other face tag team. They really haven't built any other tag teams in NXT yet. Well, you have, so, you have Sanity, and then you, you've had Sanity, but they're not gearing for the belts yet. So, yeah. You can't put Sanity against Authors of Pain. That's going to kill Sanity. Yeah. You have to you have to build that slowly. So what you do is you have the Revival feud with the Authors of Pain, and the authors of pain either beat the revival so bad that they turn up on the main roster, or you do like you you just you know you have the authors of pain humble the revival. This is only the beginning. I know where they're headed. It's not just going to be these two. Just going to throw that out there and don't want to spoil it. We'll see what happens next week on the show. But I really like Otis. Otis is going to be cool. Uh, Liv Morgan, you only live once, beat Billy Kay with her partner, Pain Royce of Ringside. All right. Her partner. They're Here's- really they're really good friends. Here's the thing, all right. If you're if you're gonna sell them, where it's like, oh yeah, they do everything together. You know, they they went to school together, they tried out together, they live together. They they you know they are the bestest girl pals ever. No, okay, just just come out and say that they're dating. Okay, just just say it. I mean, it's all but implied that they are together together with the way that they act because they're walking around holding hands they're skipping together they are not just the you know bestest girl pals no it's the implied lesbianism here so it's like just say it nobody's gonna have a problem with it just say it i would actually be on board if they they were an on-screen couple i would be completely on board with it because it's perfect just they're already doing it just just write it just do it Please. And we had a very glorious celebration for the new champ. God, Bobby cut such an awesome promo. Yeah, he did. He really, really did. To answer LeMan's question in the chat room, I don't think they are afraid to go that route in WWE. They have said that they're going to do more LBGT storylines in the company. I just don't know when those are expected to be implemented or if they're going to slowly face them in. And this could be one of them. We don't know. And it won't happen in NXT. And it won't happen in NXT. But it, it, they could be testing it out in NXT, because they do test a lot out in NXT before it goes up to the main roster. Right. So they could be doing it there first. But anyway, Bobby Roode cut a glorious promo. He is the champ. It was awesome. You have to see it. It's on the WWE Network. Watch it. I, I can't do any justice trying to recap it. 
It was just awesome. It was glorious. Bobby healed it up, sold it, hook, line, and sinker, just absolutely hammed it up, owned it. I I can't compliment this enough, because you can tell that Bobby Roode, the person because I don't really know his real name, is invigorated by being in NXT. He, I don't ever recall him cutting promos like this in TNA. In a long time. In a long time. He did when he first split from like Team Canada, and he would cut these really great impassioned promos, but then as time moved on, and he kind of got beaten down a little bit, he just he kind of lost that joie de vivre. It's back again. FYI. He's really happy where he's at right now. FYI, real name, Bobby Roode. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> that's why he's still Bobby Roode. <laughs> Again, helpful. Very helpful, but... Not a chance, Lamans. Not a chance. I know where they're going. Not a chance with Ty. They did Ty. Just saying. Yeah, Ty's... De- Ty was like the intro feud. Ty's, Ty's dealing with sanity. They've moved him on. They're going to move Bobby on to somebody else. And it will be a knockout of a feud. Get it? Hint, hint. Link, link. But that's, that was your NXT rundown, without trying to spoil anything. Yeah, we're, we're trying to be good and not spoil anything, but yeah. So, that was NXT. It was a good show. I liked how they set everything up. We're building towards TakeOver in Orlando. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. We're weeks away, and they're going to do a special taping in Orlando in a bigger building in February at some point. So yeah, we got a lot to come, a lot to come with NXT. But that does it for the rack. So you got stuff to plug, so plug away. Saturday night midnight dish is another edition of CB Raider, the weird, the wacky, the unusual. Well, I'll say what? We will have the greater than great debate vacations. This was produced by Team Chat. We'll have the blame Robs. We'll have the blame subs, and a return of a segment we haven't done in a while. What segment is that? You tune in. Saturday Night Midnight Dish. Also, CB Radio honors Black History Month. Only. Oh, God. We did that on Saturday. Oh, God. It, no, no. We, we did it right. We did it correctly. You swear. Yes. Okay. Yes. We'll continue. Because I, I know you guys. That's why it's like, okay. We'll continue to honor... Black History Month, only like CB Reader can. CB Reader Live and dot com, Saturday night, midnight ish. CB Reader Live on Facebook and Twitter and dot com and everything I just said. Sunday night, Russell Talk Radio is back at 11 p.m. So recapping everything goes down at the Elimination Chamber. Monday night, it's a Raw Post Show, 11 10 p.m. Eastern. Tuesday night, I don't have a name for it, but it's Simulation Tuesdays, WTR Live, 11 30 p.m. Eastern. We do some live simulations in WW2K17. It was a lot of fun on Tuesday. It's becoming a thing, so follow along twitch.tv slash show. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show. You'll see everything that goes on there eventually on the YouTube channel if you miss it live. We'll be back next Thursday night for another edition of Rack. We'll talk NXT, we'll talk SmackDown, and we'll recap everything that goes down in the Elimination Chamber right here. On the award-winning The Rack, 10 p.m. Eastern, Rack Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter.com, YouTube. Twitch, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. You know what? We're everywhere. Search us, Rack Radio Show. We're all over the interwebs. At Wild Talk Radio on Twitter. Facebook.com says Wild Talk Radio Network. We're going to have some fun coming up 
as we gear up to WrestleMania. So, you can follow me on Twitter at LensWard, L-N-S-W-R-D, you can go to my website, psychwarddesigns.com. If you like my artwork, if you'd like to view my artwork, it is available for your viewing pleasure at behance.net slash lensward, same as the Twitters. And don't forget to follow, check out our amazing sponsors, Gerwick.net, Wrestling Figure Photography, Instagram.com slash MBG1211, and TNAsylum.net, the haven for TNA fans. So, I want to say thanks to everybody for checking us out. You've been listening to The Rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, and we will be back next week. Bye! WildTalkRadio.com